welcome to Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Michael Tabor. I'm Zachary Allard. Fortunately, due to some technical issues with recording, we aren't going to be able to air the interview that we had recorded with Chris Tatum about the Just War Theory this week. So we're going to do a special segment on the coronavirus and uh, make it work. Thank you guys so much for listening. But first... You're full of shit. Now, now, shush. Shush. I support the Second Amendment. Second Amendment, just like right now, if you yell fire, that's not free speech. From the very beginning, I have a shotgun, I have a 20 gauge, a 12 gauge, my son's hunt. Guess what? You're not allowed to own any weapon. I'm not taking your gun away at all. You need 100 rounds of you. I did not say that. That's you not true. I did not it's say that. Video. It's a viral video like the other ones are putting out that they're saying they're lying. What did we just listen to, Zach? <laughs> You know, it's so inspiring after this contentious primary. Yeah, many have fallen. Shoutouts to the K-Hive. But it's great, you know, when you get to see a front runner really interacting with the people. Yeah, I, I think when I watch a clip like that, the word that springs to mind is electability. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what happened? Yeah, okay, so you just heard a clip of Joe Biden speaking with a voter, union worker in Detroit. The last one. That's <laughs> yeah. right, they, they found one. They were like, Impressive they after were like Obama's five. tenure. Exactly. Really that union worker had some concerns about Joe Biden's record on gun control, uh, mm. to which Joe Biden angrily responded, like hey fuck you uh my father was a gun my grandfather was a gun barack obama gun a noted ar-14 barack obama if barack obama was a weapon it would definitely be a drone (laughs) yeah he's not pulling any triggers that's never been his thing (laughs) biden's pitch after this gentleman says, uh, you work for me, is don't be a horse's ass. Yeah, let's go through some of the, the like, sort of highlights, shall we? Because I think <laughs> it starts off great. The whole thing is highlight. Uh, it starts off with him telling his handler to shush. Like the woman that is <laughs> okay, there to awesome. help him get elected. Now, I, him saying hush is the closest chance that Bernie has right now. <laughs> it was wild to see. And immediately after telling a woman to hush repeatedly, <laughs> he, he, tells, he tells that worker, you're full of shit. The worker eventually responds you're working for me man he says i'm not working for you man give me a break uh don't be such a horse's ass which i gotta say i love the phrase horse's ass yeah my dad my dad occasionally uses that phrase it's right it's uh it it, like joe biden it it speaks of a simpler time (laughs) also i'm not a big horse fan but their asses are majestic they're muscled and powerful yeah no, best ass in the animal kingdom by far. Red Dead Redemption 2, like three people spent five <laughs> years just making literal horses' asses. Stop insulting horses' asses, Joe Biden. Enough body shaming in our politics, Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, so it was it was a special moment in part because it was one of the first times that Joe got to speak <laughs> since South Carolina. Why would he speak, baby? We're recording this on a Wednesday. Yes. What happened last night on Demi Tuesday? Yeah, mini Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday to Electric Boogaloo. Bernie had one convincing win. It was in North Dakota. Well, you know what they say, the way the nation goes, so to North Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, w- it really just came down to like Bernie having to spend an afternoon with Joe. Like, he, he did some bowling with Joe. Joe went and voted for him. Joe is all of North Dakota. I, you know what? I appreciate that. I appreciate that, though. You know, he was he was here for the issues. I wish he was a little softer on the national debt, but whatever. We found a, we found common ground. Uh, it didn't go well. Uh, the big, big news was Bernie losing Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, which he was not necessarily polling to win at this point, yeah. but was certainly competitive in. And there was some mm-hmm. evidence, especially from early exit polls, that he would take. 
and uh, also hanging on to Washington at this point by like a hair's breadth. Yeah. Like in terms of delegates, it will likely be a tie. Uh, at least very close to it. Nothing that's going to help Bernie in those states and then some really severe losses in, like, Missouri, where I think Biden got 80% of the vote. Yeah, and I think he didn't even, uh, in Mississippi, Bernie didn't uh, even meet the delegate threshold. Not that big of a state, similarly to North Dakota, no, but still kind it, of a bummer. It continues the narrative of Super Tuesday, which is Joe Biden is the clear front runner. Joe mm-hmm. Biden is going to take this. And already this morning, we've seen calls for Bernie's resignation. A and, lot into of blue itself. checks on Twitter going full Bernie, bro. Interesting. Yeah, as we just saw in that clip, Biden would make an excellent Bernie bro. He's got the energy for it. (laughs) Well, honestly, he's doing a better job running for Bernie's campaign than than his own. Yeah, true that. So uh, the calls to to end this now are ludicrous. Uh, Listen, we need to be honest. This was not a good night for Bernie. And there's a very good chance that the getting any sort of majority or even plurality at this point is increasingly going to be difficult. Yes. However, like Bernie, like we have over 50% of the electorate has not voted. It's absurd to say that in yeah. a race like this, that this somehow means it needs to be over. And it's part of a very intentional, very like calculated lie to tell you like, oh, it's done. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to hear Joe speak. Uh, <laughs> it's done. It's already been decided. Joe has to fight against the media and his own campaign for speaking time. It Bernie been... wants Joe to take stage. I mean, literally. Bernie, Bernie is like, trying to get rallies for Joe Biden at this Just to point. make it They're happen, like, yeah. Bernie is inviting Joe on stage at his own rallies to speak. Uh, that would be incredible. <laughs> uh, Jackman is, like, calling up the Biden campaign. We got to get him on. Bring, I mean, bring him on. Bernie was literally advocating that they do an hour-long debate on health care outside of this. There have already been calls to cancel all of the oh. re- remaining debates yeah, from yeah, people yeah. in the DNC. Uh, they've already amazing. shifted the the way that the debate is going to be held Disgusting. a couple times at this point. So initially it was going to be a debate like we've seen. Then it's like, now oh. it'll be in a nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> no, it can't be. They actually, there's no audience for this one. They got rid of the audience Incredible. over coronavirus. So grim concerns but it was going to be after they changed it the first time Mm -hmm. a conversation taking questions from the audience which is to say something that's a lot less direct that's right so again you see the dnc sort of doing what they can to sort of set their their chosen candidate up for victory it's a blow it's a blow i there's a lot of reasons why from electoral fuckery being difficult for young people to vote young people not showing up in the numbers of i wanted them to boomers showing up a lot there's a sort of, you know, this manufactured narrative. There's a lot of things. Yeah, kind of I, I do want to say when it comes to young people turn out that that is largely a manufactured controversy. I, I will say we are not seeing the kind of surge in young mm-hmm. people voting that yeah. like Bernie uh, was hoping for and sort of banking on this idea of getting people engaged that were not previously engaged. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that is materialized, but... All of these reports about like, oh, the youth just aren't showing up are pretty calculated. And they'll be like, oh, it's 13%. And that doesn't mean that 13% of young people are showing up. It means like 13% of the overall votes were from young people, which actually puts us very close to 2018 numbers, which were considered good. It both is true and is not the thing that we're being told it is. I think it's important to still say that Joe sucks. That I still think I stand by my assessment last time that he's a glass candidate. Scary part of that is I think he's got a pretty clear path to the nomination. But Democrats need to be aware, he'll still be glass against Trump. Their campaign strategy has been hide Joe in a closet. Like, in between South Carolina 
and today. The man has had one seven-minute speech where he mispronounced his own fucking name. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My name isn't Zachary Aller. It's never been Zachary yeah. Aller. I'm just too embarrassed to do anything about it. Yeah, it's too late now. It's very Parks and Rec, very Gary. At this point, you just can't go back. The branding, the branding for shitty Christians won't allow it. The other thing that he did was the the conversation that we heard with that union worker where he was an unmitigated asshole to a person that was like trying to have a conversation with him. Oh, yeah. There was a CNN article, Why Joe Biden's Confrontation with an Auto Worker in Detroit. It's probably a good thing for him, which is the most CNN headline possible. Oh, they did it. Man. They did it. And essentially, they argue that like, while Bernie has passion and Trump has passion, this is passion. Yeah. Berating an auto worker passion punching down bernie passion. treats billionaires the way joe biden treats the electorate also joe biden was asked about this confrontation mm -hmm. by a reporter later <laughs> as he was walking to his car uh, and he said something about like oh i think it's strange that like sanders and trump are working together <laughs> which is to say had nothing the fuck so ever to do with the question that he was being asked like the man it's undeniable that we, yeah. he is encountering cognitive decline at this yeah. point and, and i'm sorry he's a bad candidate and, and, and it's just like I cannot believe all these like wannabe liberals and blue checks are being like, you have to support this guy who lied about getting arrested trying to visit Nelson Mandela yeah. in apartheid era South Africa. Whose brother, after we had to hear so many times that, oh, Hunter, Hunter Biden isn't corrupt, having a $50,000 a month job that you never show up to, that's that's not evidence of any kind of, noted, any kind noted, of corruption. Noted place with great jobs. His brother was just brought up in an FBI raid for like yep. fraud allegations. Yep. You know, he, you know, Biden is famous for voting for the Iraq war, for excoriating Anita Hill, leading the Clarence Thomas, getting the, getting on the bench to this day. They talk about Supreme court justices. The justice that Joe Biden is most responsible for being on the bench is Clarence fucking Thomas. Yeah. They want you to believe that like, oh, we need to rally behind Joe because we'll get the things that we want. Joe Biden doesn't support abortion rights up nope. until like very recently he fought for the Hyde amendment. He's like, been super waffly on, on, on women's rights. The most disturbing part of my week was actually not the election results it was watching a four minute video of joe biden interacting with children oh no it was so unsettling i mean oh, i'm no. talking like petting, I reported that. petting their hair oh. yeah it shouldn't be on youtube frankly uh repeatedly to all these like young girls ranging from like eight to maybe like 14 being like you know you're not allowed to date till you're 30 right talking about how beautiful oh. they are holding them just that's just like his being weird around kids that's not even the actual allegations of like inappropriate touching right, from like grown-ups that dealt with for decades i have a theory because trump has flirted with lying about this for a long time he'll run to the left he won't do this he's gonna run to the left of biden on medical stuff yeah here's what he's gonna do he's gonna say i'm gonna make sure everybody has medical care and my trump is not as good as my bernie let's just acknowledge that it's better <laughs> <laughs> but here's what's gonna happen he is going to say that because he could easily say that about joe biden this week said uh i will veto medicare for all if, if it, it made it through the fucking congress and got to my desk i would personally veto <laughs> it that's how much joe biden wants you to fucking die he's Mitt romney he's Without the swag. Without Mitt Romney's dope secret Twitter account. Also excellent head of hair. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think about Mitt Romney's hair all the time. For for our listeners, every other episode is me <laughs> having to convince Zach to not talk about Mitt Romney's hair for 40 minutes. If Joe Biden today 
So we're Berenstain Baredit and just put an R by his name. We wouldn't think it was strange. No one in the media would think it was strange if you could just go back and fucking men in black reverse everyone's memory that he was a Republican. Everyone would just assume he's a pro, mildly pro-choice, Maine-style Republican. He's he could be, he could be Susan Collins's other senator from Maine. You would honestly believe it because she talks about protecting women's choice. Obviously, she doesn't do anything to defend it. Truthfully, he is just that and yet the entire party has coalesced around him just to bring biden home what do we have here we have an answer to a question that i've had for a long time mm -hmm. which is what is the role of electoral politics when it comes to progressive like causes yeah and this, and this is a big oh, big question yeah and it's a huge question and 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 one that is not even going to be completely answered by this election but it is the best hope we've had in a long time of getting a progressive in the white house and mm -hmm. while again this is not over don't let them tell you that it's over totally more people have not voted for their candidate than have but even if we accept our fate and, and acknowledge that like this coalescing this media campaign this very mm -hmm. calculated very swift movement that in 11 days a candidate that nobody thought was in the running is now the presumptive nominee uh what does it tell us it tells us that we're not going to get these things at the ballot box the forces that be are too powerful and will work too swiftly and will damage themselves in order to prevent that from happening. You also see that in the DNC. Obviously, how many times have they changed their rules? How much That's dirty right. pools they played? We see that in voter suppression. There's possibly a recount in Texas because they just found 46 flash drives with votes on them. Oh my gosh. That's like bringing you an inspector's level. I have seen a lot of accusations like, oh, everything's a conspiracy theory with mm -hmm. you people. And it's like, no, it's not a conspiracy. No, no this no, is no. just a bunch of interests that are all like in bed with each other working in unison. Like totally. you don't you don't need the dark mastermind to tell fucking corporate media to get behind the corporate guy. Well, that's like, exactly how class works. You don't need anything more than to watch the fact that like you brought up Biden fucking lied, he lied. about getting arrested By visiting way, Nelson Mandela. And it was nothing. If that was Bernie, if that was any other candidate, he would have been dead in the water. And I think I think what that comes down to in many ways is that one of the things we saw from the exit polls is mm -hmm. that people want Bernie's platform. Yeah. Medicare for all mm -hmm. polls incredibly well. But people didn't vote for that. Nope. They voted for the candidate that they thought was safe. So everything that we have done uh, falls by the wayside, even though it's what people want. I'm going to hat tip Liz Brunick here. She said, like, uh, a, the goal of a reactionary platform is to make all politics kind of conservative. Yep. And that is what is happening. You have a situation where the thing that is supposed to be the quote-unquote resistance, That's the thing right. that is supposed to make the world better, mm -hmm. has to be functionally the same in order to be considered valid. Uh, we talk a lot about Bernie moving the Overton mm -hmm. window on a lot of issues, yes. but Trump has drastically moved the Overton window on what we conceive of as electable politics. That's right. Uh, so the best chance we have is another fucking Republican <laughs> is what they want you to t believe. Uh, and it's not true. And we're going to see that when Joe loses. But even if coronavirus takes half of America, like Joe says, guns did. And and even if the economy <laughs> the other, takes the, so the bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that even if the economy tanks so bad that the banks are like, well, we can get behind Joe because he's always been our guy. Mm, like, yeah. There's one more thing we need to talk about before we get out of our election segment, and that's Elizabeth Warren. We know we really tried we, to get out of this primary without basically acknowledging her at all. <laughs> but like, 
also not really criticizing her much yeah, at all. Yeah, I, I think we have been extraordinarily gentle with Elizabeth Warren, in part because both of us wanted to believe that she was mm -hmm. what she claimed to be, and in part because we've already been accused of being Bernie bros. Totally. I wanted to buy in a little bit. Like, I was always a Bernie guy. I was further to the left. So, of course, I picked Bernie. I think Bernie's record was always better. But I wanted to believe that she came to this sincerely, that she also wanted to get Medicare for All passed, and that she had some bad faith actors in her campaign yes and which does seem to be true of for the course record. yeah let's acknowledge that there was but. a great i think politico article this week about sort of how about how messy and unhinged her campaign was when it come to, came to that stuff now they really had a hard time getting organized and the difference between blood and teeth mm -hmm. and big structural bailey yeah. in terms of just like what are we really about but what do, what do we have to say now so in contrast so what happened with biden all the moderates dropped out and endorsed him yes Elizabeth Warren dropped out last Wednesday. Her first thing was she went on Maddow and she spent an enormous percentage of her time complaining about Bernie bros. And holding Bernie personally accountable for people on Twitter. <laughs> Bernie, just... Bernie is supposed to be a moderator. She wants Bernie, who by the way is doing a hundred things right now, to personally get a job at Twitter. Yeah, get hired, Twitter doesn't even have moderators. No, like start at the bottom, yeah. work his way up. Mailroom. Mailroom, work his way up to become a moderator for literally every single person that says he's a supporter of him on Twitter. I think one of the things that we have not been honest enough about acknowledging is that Warren has consistently punched left this entire campaign. And yeah. we gave her a pass because yeah. when Bloomberg stepped up to the plate, she slaughtered him and she did and that was awesome. It was great. Uh, but. Most of her campaign was punching at Bernie. She didn't punch at Joe. She didn't punch it at, at She never Pete. says anything about Joe. Uh, she was always super quiet about Joe. Um, and But she spent a ton of time getting on Bernie, claiming that he hadn't done anything, which mm -hmm. uh, amidst the pantheon of like terrible nonsense things, the idea that the lone man crying in the wilderness is somehow responsible for the fact Congress is full of like <laughs> harpies and, and, and... A conspicuously silent element of that is, motherfucker, you were a Republican during a lot of the time you accuse him of not doing anything. So like, let's not fucking get in a record. But ultimately what this comes down to, beyond her gaffes, beyond her lying uh, about yeah. Bernie's sexism, beyond spending most of her time punching left, beyond operating as a spoiler on Super Tuesday, like a lot of that ill will could have been forgiven if she had actually stood up for the values she claimed to stand up for. Because I'm sorry, there's no space right. in a Joe Biden presidency for Medicare for all. That's there is right. no space for the kind of big structural change that she talked about. That's right. It doesn't exist under Biden. You can claim, as she did in 2016, that like, oh, I'm not, I'm going to hang on to my endorsement mm -hmm. uh, because I could get a seat at the table inside a Hillary administration and do some good. Mm -hmm. One, fuck off. That is self-serving politics at its basics. It is the same shit we have seen from every other candidate, only at least they're being honest about it. And I'm sorry. It's self-serving. She goes on fucking Saturday Night Live. Oh, weekend, yeah. When she could have been TikTok. campaigning for Bernie. And she does a cute little bit on SNL, and they they sort of do a fake interview. They're like, who are you endorsing? And she's like, maybe I'll endorse them both, like the New York Times. Somehow throwing ha, the blame ha, ha. at them. Which, by the, I'm not throwing Biden for that. It's not your fault that the New York Times is a fucking rag that doesn't understand how an endorsement works. <laughs> That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing when you say you support women and yet you refuse to endorse the one guy who can stop us from the person who embarrassed Anita Hill on the stand, who, who has been soft on choice for his entire career, who voted for the Iraq war, who won't support Medicare for all, support the person who is in line with your professed values and endorse him. The fact that she didn't 
I'm sorry, it's a betrayal of the progressive movement. To every single person out there, because I've seen this a billion places on Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, who says she doesn't owe Bernie anything. It's like, right. well, no, she actually doesn't owe sure. Bernie anything. She owes her own values. Yep. She owes the movement that she stood up for. She owes the American people as an elected fucking yeah, she official. Owes me. And it clarifies something that I have wanted to not be true for a long time, which is that this is who Elizabeth Warren is and this is what she's about. And uh, so one, thank you to every single one of her supporters. That's right. Uh, many of whom were personally w wounded by mean tweets or whatever, mm -hmm. but like who dealt with some bullshit. We'll yeah. just say that. The supporters, I'm far more sympathetic. But about. then did the damn thing. Did what that's Elizabeth right. Warren would not do, whether that's, that's right. group th groups that endorsed, people that got on the phones and the text banks and the knocking on doors, like people who stayed in the fight. Thank that's you. Right. So, uh, let's end on a little bit of hope. The fight is not over. That's right. Two, the fight is not over if and when Bernie drops out. These, these things that we want, mm -hmm. our activism does not begin or end at the fucking ballot box. No, it can't. Uh, and so it is up to all of us to figure out how best to get involved, mm -hmm. to utilize resources, to organize, to join organizations that care about these things. This is just the beginning. The people want this. We're going to get it done. Uh, and in the meantime, stockpile orange vests and bricks. Amen. <laughs>
Uh, what? So the CDC is currently predicting 160 million to 214 million infections. Yeah, so that that's their worst case scenario. The worst case that's scenario. basically like, hey, like if the things we're trying aren't working, that's where we're at. But it's somewhere between 200,000 and 2.7 million deaths, and that's in America. So we are we are at a full blown pandemic level. We're not trying to be alarmist. No. Uh, but that's just the state of play at this exact moment. We're recording on Sunday afternoon. So we're hitting like leftovers on the HBO style. Yeah, it, it's like leftovers, but without any central mystery. Like the whole idea of leftovers <laughs> is like, we don't know what happened, but we know exactly what's happening. <laughs> and we're just going to be in a really lame version of the leftovers where they answer the like central mystery in the first episode. And then you just live with the bullshit. Instead of let the mystery be, the slogan is I take no responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Trump guest starring on the leftovers is my actual worst timeline. Trump would definitely come to Miracle Texas and insist that nobody was missing. <laughs> he would be like, we just haven't found them, folks. He They're would out be there. They're doing great. up in the tower with the one guy, uh, but instead of like living separated from all other humans, he would have a megaphone just yelling at people. Yeah, he would be dousing the one dude in... in Purell. I, I was going to say like uh, hand sanitizer, but actually it would be like chlorine and bleach. Like It would, it would be really oh, gross. It would be full-on Tibetan monk situation up there. Uh, Trump would be the only Tibetan monk to set another person on fire in protest. <laughs> Trump redefining the Trump Tower. <laughs> <laughs> so that feels like a natural segue to uh, our federal response, which has been great. Incredible. I feel safe. We've talked a lot of crap about the Trump administration, mm -hmm. but I got to say, it's nice to see them get one right. You elect a strong man for, for a strong <laughs> response. <laughs> this is why... For challenging times. Yeah, this is why you want a Caesar. To how, how many progressively more deranged press conferences have we been through now? Yeah, I, I've lost count. Yeah. Uh, I keep watching them. The hats keep getting bigger. The sentences keep getting shorter. And ordering more toilet The syllables paper. more tortured. Yeah. At, at a certain point, Trump's just going to come out dressed like a mummy. Here's the thing. We actually don't talk about Trump much on this podcast, which I think is yeah, important. Self-care. But first, Trump basically starts out... By just exposing himself to a bunch of people who have corona at Mar-a-Lago with Bolsonaro. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, he was just straight on, like, sweaty high-fiving. Oh, yeah. No. At Mar-a-Lago, the New York Times article is like, it's an unwritten rule that if you come to Mar-a-Lago, you get contact with the president. And I was like, ew, what? That's not... That's time, not... Okay. Time to book a, book a reservation. By the way, and that may be whether you want it or not, depending on your gender. <laughs> Ayo. So he exposes himself to the point where he had to, he denied on several. Trump, long history of exposing himself. So. <laughs> to where at several of these press conferences, he said he would not get tested for coronavirus. Yeah, was that no was need. special. He when... did get tested and he is unfortunately, fortunately negative. Also, fuck that. Like, no, I don't believe you. <laughs> Obviously, I don't believe you. One, your last press conference, you looked like you were dying. Like, you had a hat bigger than your head, which is massive on. And no, I just, like, I refuse to believe that the same people that gave Trump the clean bill of health for his fucking physical are going to be honest ever at all about the state of his coronavirus I love infection. that physical that, that, that said he was people's sexiest man of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really unfortunate when Wolverine had to get out of the way <laughs> to allow Trump to take over. But hey. A little truth in there mixed with the lies. Oh I get God. it. It okay? helps sell it. It helps sell the lies. We all bought it. So he gives 
he gives an Oval Office speech where he's sitting down with a teleprompter and he bans European travel, but not the UK. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, but then he does eventually start banning the UK. And across these various press conferences, he just lies about things. Like what? What does he lie about? So he lied about insurers paying for treatments to Corona. Not true. Insurance companies came out afterwards and immediately were like, hey, by the by, we are paying for testing for, for Corona, not for treatments of Corona. He also said, even as testing was severely limited, that anyone who wants a test can get one. Still, anyone. Still not true. Not true. Definitely not even close to true. We don't have we don't have the <laughs> test kits to make that true, even if he wanted it to be. <laughs> he suggested the country was, quote, very close to a vaccine. Yeah, that was special, especially after him being like, oh, this isn't a problem to begin with. Like, I think we're actually starting a little late. We're starting at this week's mm -hmm. press conferences. We're missing all the stuff where he was like, oh, yeah. oh mean, this isn't a fucking problem. I, had to, I wanted to start later because our dear listeners don't have six hours to listen to this. Fuck you. Yeah. Where are they going to go? <laughs> Captive Stra audience, we're Strap in, motherfuckers. Week, babies. Yeah. <laughs> so we said we're close to a vaccine, despite evidence from health experts that one is probably at least a year away. And then he stated that travel from Europe is closed, even though Americans and legal residents are exempted. Yeah. Then he said at the CDC, I like this stuff. I really get it. People are surprised. I understand it. Every one of these doctors said, how do you know so much about this? <laughs> Maybe I have a natural ability. Maybe I should have done that instead of running for president. Maybe my hair is sentient. It's been slowly eating my brain for the past decade. This is one of my favorite Trump things is when he talks about other people talking about him. Wait, well, I love it so much. Trump being the specialist boy at the prep school <laughs> is always good. And it's just like, you can, you can tell, you can tell that his dad who hated him oh, for the yeah. record was still bribing his kindergarten teacher to be like, I'm sorry, little Donald, but you're only the best student that we have ever had. <laughs> and there's like a single tear running down her cheek as she betrays all of the values that she mm -hmm. swore herself to when she took the Hippocratic Oath of like kindergarten education. It's a real thing. Uh, Look it up. But still, like he has been being lied to his entire life. If you actually watch the conference where he's interacting with the CDC people mm -hmm. and a bunch of scientists, at one point he asks like, well, what if we gave everyone the flu vaccine? <laughs> like, if we gave them a really good flu vaccine, wouldn't that kind of do the trick? Wouldn't that help stamp out most of it? And there's literally just a moment where a scientist is like, uh, no. <laughs> he was assassinated later. <laughs> he got corona later that day. So Trump has also planned a website. Oh, good. I love website, websites. Something that will help us figure this out. I assume it's some kind of Pornhub in Italy situation wherein it's, you know, getting you free content for your time of need. I have no take on that. <laughs> <laughs> Except that I need to create a VPN that can get me. <laughs> he said that Google was developing a website that would sharply expand testing for the virus. Oh, that they that have 1700 nice. engineers working on this and they've made tremendous progress. Tremendous. Phenomenal. Turns out not totally right. <laughs> It's a project called Verily. Ew. Has a total of about a thousand employees. It's a pilot program and is only planned for San Francisco. Oh, good. And there's no website yet. <laughs> <laughs> One, San Francisco already a hellscape. Right. Irredeemable. Google has already destroyed that thing. So after Trump saying he really gets this stuff, uh, when asked about the egregious lag in testing, he says he said, "quote I don't take responsibility at all." <laughs> Don't you love to hear it from a president? It's 
it's leadership like that. Yeah. It's humbling. It, it, it teaches us a little something about how to be an asshole. Because uh, <laughs> he did actually cancel yes. the pandemic response team. Yep. And, and he also said thing. he was not responsible for Exactly. That. <laughs> so he was saying, well, that didn't go through my no. desk specifically. I am not the one that signed off on that. But, like, you know, that's not really how presidencies work. He said, I think this is a quote worth reading. When you say me, I didn't do it. We have a group of people. I could ask, perhaps my administration. But I could perhaps ask Tony about that because I don't know anything about it. God. <laughs> I love the uh, random... Inc- Trump, Trump being like, I blinked while I signed, so it doesn't count. <laughs> also, Tony. Uh, no idea which Tony. <laughs> yeah. to- Tony's a dog. I, like, I was going to say Tony the Tiger, but... No, that dude's a meth addict now. It's really sad. Oh, shit. I wish we had a social safety net. Okay, so as this is going on, what's uh, what's going on with our Democrats? <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, slay queen. <laughs> so on Friday night, Nancy, they've been trying to pass some legislation because people need to stay home from work. What? It's one of the big things they're saying. One of the ways to fight this is to keep is social isolation. Social distancing is the word. No one will stop telling me. People yelling it at me. Before they're they're this, only by the telling way. it to you, by the way, yeah. Zach. Yeah. It's no, it's started, no one else. It's getting a little personal. It, it, no, it, it literally, they're just pretending to send the emails to everyone. Uh-huh. But we're just telling you to stay home. BCC has never felt so I went to targeted. like 15 parties last night. Here's the thing, though. We live in a capitalist hellscape. People don't have a safety net to stay home from work. Yes. And that makes this kind of a real fucking problem. Yeah, I mean, should we take a second to talk about how coronavirus is a perfect test case for why we need Medicare for all? Yeah, let's do it. We're in a situation where we don't have enough information, Mm -hmm. where the thing that is going to make this so much worse is that we all live on a razor's edge of capitalism. That capitalism has done its purpose, which is to exploit people to the absolute limit, and then the standards change. For a brief moment, and what do we find? We find that entire businesses can't sustain themselves for five fucking minutes, Mm -hmm. much less pay for the people that do the actual labor that make them money. Uh, We find that we are living in an era of, I think it was something like 19 trillion in highly speculative corporate debt. That That seems good. The real danger. That seems good. We're already in a recession. That's happened. That already existed. Our 1.5 trillion in federal, like short-term, no-interest loans did fucking nothing. And at the end of the day, if we can do that thing, we could have done a similar thing for people that actually needed it. Uh, But we exclusively did it for the stock market, which. Uh, New York Times a few months ago had an article being like 84% of stocks are owned by 10% of the families of the country. That's right. No, I mean, it's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, Uh, The most horrifying thing is not that stocks are exclusively a rich man's game. Uh, It's that they somehow managed to still tie just enough of working people's retirement into it that they lose too. So they have skin in the game so that they want this thing saved as well. Uh, But... More broadly, coronavirus just perfectly encapsulates why we need the ability for people who need to get tested to mm-hmm. be able to go and get tested and not worry about whether they're paying one or five or $1,500 for that fucking test kit. And this late to the game, hey, we'll do the testing for free thing is not fucking helping because then what happens if you actually need help? Seattle interviewed a nurse today that said they're literally doing training about 
how to take respirators away from patients because they need to they're going to need to move respirators from low survival likelihood patients Mm -hmm. to high survival likelihood patients so they're going to be taking respirators and life-saving medical machinery away from people that could possibly survive and give it to people that likely will survive because that's the situation that we find ourselves in that's just happening that's now and we don't even know how bad it's going to get no and i got an email from uh, my my sort of bloodless insurer being like, hey, look, look, we will pay for you to get tested. And that's it. And yeah. so basically it's like, oh, and you don't even need prior approval if you need if you need to get uh, medical treatment. It's like, great. So I know I'll be on the hook regardless. I just don't have to like be on the phone for you with you for two hours. Like it's fucking they're going to try to profit. They're already trying to profit off this. And the idea that two, in the worst case scenario, 200 million people get infected, mass chaos, violence, blood in the streets, and just people dying, being stacked like cordwood and fucking Monty Python. It's uh, going to be the bad deleted scene from Monty Python where there's nobody saying I'm not quite dead yet because they're fucking dead. Bernie went from like our only hope on like a five to 10 year scale to maybe just our only hope. Recording this before the debates that are starting in half an hour. Wow. I'm very curious how this is going to go. My suspicion is that people's politics are so incoherent that it's not really going to move the needle in the way that we need it to at this point. But it is a very clear case to the point that fucking Ben Shapiro is like, hey, when are we going to be getting testing? Like, Mr. Yeah. Neo-Nazi is like, hey, you know, can, can I just have a bit of socialism? Like, yeah. well, just exactly. a smidge. Just, exactly. a, just a hair more socialism. They want, it's, it's absurd that you voted for the hollowing out of the U.S. government and then are like, well, the U.S. government is doing a bad job. Hey, motherfucker, liber- this is the libertarianism you wanted. Yeah, this is, this is what you dreamed of. You That's wanted right. people dead in the streets. That's what you've been gunning for this whole time. Because they lacked... The fact that it might end up being old white people instead of the brown people you were gunning for, mm-hmm. come on. That's, that's, that's just a tactical error on your part. That doesn't mean that this isn't what you wanted. Florida goes Florida, Florida goes blue overnight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we're also canceling democracy. Like Louisiana has permanently or has postponed their primaries. Arizona responded by just closing some poll places. Oh, good. Which is oh good. Which is to say, one, these were in predominantly like people of color, like districts. Well, of course, they, whenever you close a poll place, yeah. that, you just assume it's that. mandatory. Yeah. Uh, two, the guy in charge of elections walked off the stage in the middle of the press conference where he was delivering the information. He said, "I can't do this," and he just walked away. Wow. Because he knew that wow. this thing that they were using to like oh, we're trying mm-hmm. to like reduce risk is actually one, increasing risk because now you have more people in fewer places. Right. And two, is actually not about reducing risk at all. It's about, you know, destroying democracy. Mm. And like to the point where he couldn't even finish the lie. It is a very mask off situation, pun intended. But so many of the things that we have been told are just mm-hmm. like really important and immutable in society can just go away overnight. That's Italy right. can suspend mortgage payments. By the way, where are the rent payments on that? But My still, goodness, they can right? just suspend them. They can just be like, hey, you mm-hmm. don't have to pay your mortgage. Uh, Congress, although it doesn't seem like it's going to pass, at least posited the idea of, hey, you can just have 14 sick, day, sick days. Yeah. Like uh, Verizon just suspending data caps as if that wasn't already a predatory practice. And I've seen from certain segments of our culture mm-hmm. people applauding corporations I for know. taking these steps. Well, that's what they do. Uh, which is just the most bootlicking shit that I can ever imagine. That is somehow worthy of like 
being applauded. Buddy Nate, who pointed out that uh, a, a rookie for the for the New Orleans Pelicans uh, paying for a bunch of employees. Zion Williams. Yeah, oh, so he, he continued to pay their salary while the stadium but was closed. He's, a, he's not even making that much money. He's a fucking rookie. He makes a lot of money on the world. But he's oh, it's owned by a billionaire yeah. who also owned the New Orleans friggin' Saints. And they're not the ones paying them. Why do you have your employee paying other employees? Sure, he's got plenty of money, but not really. Not, not in yet. comparison. Not yet. He's probably only made a few million dollars. And so it's fucking ludicrous that he would be paying that and not the person who owns and the family that owns multiple professional sports teams. Yeah, or like AMC emailing us being like, yep. don't worry, we're making every single person who shows any sign of illness stay home. You can come to the theater, it's fine. But no mention <laughs> right. of like, we're going to continue to pay them. Nope. We're just going to put them in a situation where they can't pay their fucking rent. I mean, we've talked about this for, b- mm-hmm. before, but over 40% of Americans can't afford an emergency $400 expense. And guess what? Most Americans' rent is more than $400 fucking dollars. That's so right. you're taking away people's right. work and leaving them out to hang like where does that put us as a society in this capitalist hellscape emerges nancy pelosi <laughs> <laughs> hero hero queen so they ignore all the leftists crying out in the wilderness for for change and they they pass some legislation through the house cool it's bipartisan great so nancy pelosi celebrated on Friday night, this is from New York Times, that the coronavirus coronavirus legislation that passed early Saturday is providing paid sick leave to American workers affected by the pandemic. That sounds yeah. great. I love that. that. And it's very just to be very clear, what she said is like, hey, we got you. We did it. We did it. We, we got it through. No matter where you're at, no matter what's up, if you're out of work, we're going to cover your back. Right. And this is, this is bi- bipartisan. If you are sick, stay home. Vice President Mike Pence said on Saturday Always listen to what Mike Pence says. You're not going to miss a paycheck. I feel assured. Do you feel assured? Turns out, don't feel assured. Yeah. In fact, the bill guarantees sick leave only to about 20% of workers. Big employers like McDonald's and Amazon are not required to provide any Jesus paid Christ. sick leave. That's all the employees. Yeah. All the employees in America work at Amazon or McDonald's. God damn in it. In between my shifts at Amazon, I'm at McDonald's flipping burgers before I go back to Amazon yeah. to haul to haul boxes. You bring the McDonald's cups to Amazon so you can pee in them. I, that is a nice perk. I'm, I'm worried they're going to take that away from me. <laughs> God damn it. And companies with fewer than 50 employees can seek hardship, ex- hardship exemptions. Oh, good. From the Trump administration. So it's simply not true. Sick workers should stay home, but there is no guarantee that most of them will get paid. The White House and congressional Republicans um, insisted on the exemptions as the price of their support. But Democrats also failed to act in public interest. Yeah, so what we have is a social safety net with some big-ass fucking holes. Right, I mean, it's it's a net in the same way that lingerie is closed. <laughs> it's, uh, it reminds me of a gif I saw this week. Here's a fun story. <laughs> uh, and it was a fisherman's net that had rounded up a bunch of fish, but there was a hole in it, and there was a whale shark that had figured out there was a hole. So it was just <laughs> sucking hundreds and hundreds of fish through the hole, just glutting itself. And that whale shark was Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Whether let's not torture the metaphor. That whale shark was coronavirus Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Turns out, surprise ending, they're the same person. I see that. Uh, it's incredibly upsetting. Another fun thing from our billionaire Jeff Bezos. He he recommended that people donate their sick time That's to right. their fellow co-workers who were sick. But one of the richest men 
in the world being like, hey, guys, just band together. I mean, it's the only way this could happen. But if you, <laughs> you personally donate the sick leave that you accumulate at like 0. .00028 hours a paycheck, if you donate that to your fellow man, we're all going to get this through this together. By the way, I run one of the most profitable companies in the world. Fuck you. Yeah. I need more down feather vests. But it sucks that you're worth $100 billion and that you just don't look as fly as shit all the time. It sucks that you can't afford sleeves yeah, we, when you're we, worth $100 billion. <laughs> well, what really sucks is the best thing you could go for is like a, a rock after chemo look. <laughs> like that's the best that it gets for Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah. It feels good to know that like he'll never be hot. Have you looked at his dick pics? Have you looked at his dick pics? I haven't looked at his dick pics. No. That's a premium episode right there. <laughs> People are going to have to pay us to look at Jeff Bezos' dick pics. Uh, but not that much. No, we're, I mean, just a couple bucks a yeah, month. We go cheap when it comes to Jeff Bezos' dick pics. Uh, from what I hear, so did he. <laughs> no, it cost him a lot. That was the most expensive divorce in all of human history. Good on you, Mackenzie. Hit us up. Come on the pod. So, meanwhile, all of this is happening... There is no help. Your government is not going to help you. I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah, the the libs have shown themselves to do exactly what they do in every situation, which is win a Pyrrhic victory and then cheer as if they solve the issue. Okay, so the good people, the conservative media, Fox News, are, you know, they're worried about the real victims of this. Yes. They're worried about the billionaires, the executives. When I think about victims in America, what I think about are billionaires. My, one of my favorite titles of several articles in this vein, in a coronavirus outbreak, America needs billionaires. <laughs> Comma corporation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Corporations contributions as well if they could just give back a little bit of the money that they stole from us everything would be just swell golly gee willikers so she of course kind of does a drive-by at bernie uh for saying billionaires shouldn't exist then she sucks at the t bill gates and amazon doing basically nothing except ruining the public school system in seattle which has since been shut down so what the fuck are we doing anyway <laughs> uh meanwhile bill G and so she continues Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos are both billionaires, the kind Sanders routinely demeans. Yes, because they fucking <laughs> suck. Because the nice ones suck too. And so the whole fucking concept is that it's not good billionaires or bad billionaires. It's that they shouldn't fucking exist. Anyways, continue. While these so-called, no-good, power-hungry, heartless, villainized billionaires and their organizations... Or Epstein friends... <laughs> Listen, it's a close circle of people on Little Saint. They, okay? they all they all have little like cards that they flash to each other. <laughs> uh, you do not want to see what's on those cards. Oh <laughs> that will keep you up all night. That's all I'm saying. So all these people and their organizations, back to her, are in fact actively taking meaningful measures to fight the pandemic, give back to their communities, and take care of the American people. Sanders has offered zero assistance. Yeah, Sanders has advocated for nothing that would help this situation. For many, many decades. Can I just say briefly, Please. shout out to Aubrey who pointed this out to me on Twitter, but Sanders did a fireside chat last night and yes, his lighting I love it. was a variety of mismatched lamps, which is... Hero. God, just fucking <laughs> hit me at my core. Uh, the lamp that I'm sitting next to right mm -hmm, now mm -hmm. came from a Russian couple that yes. I bought a desk from 
on Craigslist in 2011. And I showed up at their place and I gave them $50 for a desk. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, you're a college student. Can we give you this lamp? And this lamp is maybe the most grandma possession that I've <laughs> ever owned. It is ceramic. It is painted with blue flowers. Mm-hmm. It has frills yes. on its fucking shade. And it is one of my most treasured possessions. Because at a time where I had not enough money in a bank and was showing up to an unfamiliar place and was trying to make my way in the world poorly, this Russian couple saw me buying their desk for 50 bucks and was like, this dude needs a hand up. Let's give him a lamp. And, and I feel like Bernie Sanders understands that energy. I feel like all of those lamps were given to him by Aww. Russian couples because he's a Russian Asian. Of- oh, no, it all got turned it around. All, it all comes back. The interior of his house is has big Craigslist energy. Bernie Sanders that. has a clothes chair. He's Bernie got a Sanders chair a with a bunch chair. of clothes on it. I, you know what? My entire room is a clothes chair, and I love it. It's why I'm supporting Bernie Sanders for president. It, well, it's also why you have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So she continues, Sanders has offered zero assistance other than demanding that test kits be made free for all. His response is true to the motto, capitalism creates, socialism takes. Yes, if we've learned anything from the role of capitalism (laughs) in the epidemic thus far, is that capitalism makes sure we all have enough toilet paper and canned goods. The final line from her her article that I want to highlight is my favorite. American companies are going through a difficult time as well. <laughs> uh, if companies are people, I guess they can get corona. <laughs> I hope they do. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I wish every company on the Fortune 500 corona. Coroned so hard. Uh, my other favorite article, briefly, is New Gingrich writing an article after Trump's panoply of news conferences. And it was that, somehow saying the Iraq war was justified. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how he leads every article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was right about that. Fuck you. <laughs> also. He said that the premise of his article is that Trump's response to the pandemic should make Democrats nervous. Uh, it does make me as a person <laughs> nervous. I wouldn't describe myself as a Democrat so much as a guillotine advocate. Right. I am against but I him. am still nervous by Trump's response, so <laughs> maybe he's half right. He writes, there is no way a candidate standing by himself could compete with a president surrounded by the heads of major corporations like Walmart, <laughs> CVS, Target, and others. <laughs> oh, CVS, that well-known ethical corporation because they got rid of cigarettes. And you know Walmart, always there for the workers. <laughs> There are people out there worried more about the death of handshaking than of their grandparents. But Michael, this isn't just a podcast about terrible leftists and the people that love us. This is a podcast about Christians. Yes. Have we heard from the Christians? What have you been hearing from the Christians? They'd be the first one to judge me. We've heard a thing or two from the Christians. Are they being normal? Well, Christians are always super normal in every situation. You can just count on the Christians to be hella fucking normal about everything always. So uh, I didn't know that the coronavirus vaccine was snake venom. <laughs> well, then I should be drinking it, obviously, <laughs> yeah. to prove my fealty to the yeah, great instead sky of, god. Instead of proving that God loves us because the snakes don't bite us, we should be advocating for the snakes to bite us. But tell me, Zach, what have the Christians been up to when it comes to this? So many things. Christians' inability to be silent for five minutes is their defining quality at this point. They always Christians were the original podcasters. They've always had a take. So on the dumb end, we have... 
one of our favorites returning, Jerry Falwell Jr. Hey, it's been a while. I know. I miss him. Uh, I, sometimes I think about what orgies he is partaking in. Sometimes I think about being a schoolboy. In Italy, they have banned all sexual contact among more than two people. Is that right? And so Jerry Falwell Jr. must have canceled his trip. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a hardship for Italy. So Jerry Falwell Jr., goes on Fox, the Fox and Friends. <laughs> yes, yeah, specifically the Friends. To talk about coronavirus. To for... talk about hot wifing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here talking about hot couching. He's talking about hot wifing. We have a lot in common. First of all, he downplays Corona saying impeachment didn't work. The Mueller report didn't work. And Article 25 didn't work. So maybe now this is their next attack to get Trump. Oh, this is impeachment 2.0. It's a big lib conspiracy. Oh man, uh, the fucking the fucking mm. lib bats. That's right. That's who fucking did it. All those goddamn Pelosi bats. And that was kind of Trump's first take on this: is that like these people are 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 making this a big deal, but it's not. They're just trying to make me look bad. But what I like about the Christians is that they have to make it a little weird. They can't just stay. They at- have to worship song it. <laughs> He then goes on to imply this might be uh, another kind of operation. (laughs) So he goes, quote, the owner of a restaurant asked me last night. He said, do you remember the North Korean leader promised a Christmas present for America back in December? Could it be they got together with China and this is that present? I don't know. But there is something really strange going on. So coronavirus, North Korean op for Christmas, three months late. That is actually the (laughs) plot of The Division. Which is a Ubisoft game about shooting Shout Black Lives Spurs. Matter activists. Oh, oh no. Yeah. I, I was going to make a joke in that. Who broke out of Rikers prison. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to shout out Splinter Cell Which for a second. Which is to say, it is sad. a problematic, ta- problematic take on a very unproblematic property. <laughs> what I also love is he's, he's speaking to a restaurant owner, not an employee. It's important to notice there that like... The class unity stays strong. As somebody who advocated for Kitchen Nightmares literally last week, I think Mm. it's important to say that all owners are bad everywhere. Yeah. Every single owner of anything everywhere. If you have owner on a card. Yeah. Come on. If you own a library card, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, class enemy. So some other evangelical leaders, including the pastor of First Baptist Dallas, has downplayed this. Um saying not to be overwhelmed with anxiety. Well, this is a big thing. This idea that like, hey, Christians shouldn't fear, mm-hmm. which means we shouldn't take any adequate precautions because otherwise we're controlled by fear. That's right. And you know what fear is? It's bad. It's, it's, it's not trusting God enough as if nothing bad has ever happened yeah. in the history of the world. It's important to note that all the disciples, Jesus' disciples, had full, fulfilling lives afterward and died of old age. <laughs> It's yes. important to note that. With with a fully vested 401k. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's absurd. It's fine. Christians are bad at things. We're not here to harp on it. That's not the premise of this podcast <laughs> Never has been. Won't come up again. <laughs> but uh, the Jerry Falwell would get out there and be like, hey, it's secretly a Korean. Not even Chinese. I know. Korean. I, know. I love that he had to juke the racism of it. He had to be like, no, 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 not the Asian you're thinking of. White Christians love juking this racism. Is, this is the hangover four. You really have to go deep to understand how racist this is. Hollywood, the only institution more more racist than Christianity. Crazy Rich Asians turns into a horror film in its second feature. 
I think the only thing more upsetting than Christians not taking coronavirus seriously is NBA players not taking coronavirus seriously. Oh, that was hilarious. Uh, him touching all the mics, then getting corona is the only well, time I've ever seen I think the takeaway is that he already play. had corona. Then he touched all the mics in defiance of his corona. And then he was like, oh, by the by, I secretly have corona. What an asshole. Yeah. Uh, who was that guy? Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I appreciate you having any sports knowledge at hand. One day I'm going to make you do a sports episode. You should make me do a sports episode because it would be really fun. I attended a ton of sports games. <laughs> uh, I attended double A baseball games nice. where I could get free hot dogs for returning the baseballs that Pretty were fouled out. Oh, that's awesome. It was awesome. Uh, people see Bull Durham and they think that that's like a thing that people should be excited about. The most mm -hmm. exciting thing about seeing the Durham Bulls play is that if they hit a home run into the mouth of the bull everyone in the stadium gets a free pizza and did you I ever get free you, pizza i never got free pizza oh come on see that, but, that's but, kind of but, but, that but i did get a lot of free hot dogs because i would go on the mm -hmm. sidelines with my buddies and i would pick up uh foul balls and mm -hmm. i would if you got three balls and you turn them back into the concession stand you got a free hot dog which was basically my purpose for existence from about <laughs> age like seven to twelve to bring this home my favorite element, though, is the sort of, like, fusion of all of these things together. This yes. is my favorite article I have found. The Megazord. So, we have Fox News, Christians, and Trump all together. They have come together to take away your right to get an abortion and to declare today, March 15th, the Ides of March. Don't beware. Do not beware of the Ides of March, Michael, because today <laughs> is a national day of prayer. It's a day. Thank We're going to fix it. Thank We're going to fix God. it. You know... You know, the coronavirus may take weeks to develop a vaccine for, but you know what doesn't take weeks? No. Prayer. You can go to God right now. Right now. Unless so, you're Catholic. <laughs> yeah. No. Then you have to drive to a priest who might want to do some weird sex stuff with you. Talk to well, him. Well, no. He's going to remote in, but he's still going to find a way to molest you. <laughs> Damn it. What a shitty ending to that. So, Lauren Green at Fox thinks this might be all we need. She writes, President Trump has declared that this 15th day of March 2020, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord, to be a national day of prayer in order to bring the country soulfully together uh, in a battle against an evil enemy called the coronavirus. The, as somebody who has attended National Days of Prayer yep. in high school, let me tell you, they do two things. Fuck, comma, all. <laughs> It didn't solve it. It didn't save us from homosexual marriage, and it's not going to save us now. Uh, see, I like to think it brought us homosexual marriage <laughs> that God heard their prayers and was like, fuck all y'all, you yeah. queer. Like, yeah, have you seen Queer Eye? God is definitely a fan of Queer Eye. God is not a fan of Queer Eye in Japan, though. No. Less woke. So, I, first of all, I love that. Trump tweeted, no matter where you may be, I encourage you to turn towards prayer in an act of faith. Together, we will easily, all caps, prevail. Satanists unite. <laughs> um, she continues, to close the churches where people go for comfort and spiritual strength as an act of fighting against this biological scourge seems like a surrender to Satan. Oh, <laughs> that's a weird name for science. <laughs> <laughs> well, they feel the same way about evolution. Yeah, so. no, it's uh, that's a hell of a take. Um, I guess what I would say is your definition of Satan is a little weird there. 
I mean, it always is because it invariably is some hot woman. And <laughs> but she's the hot one. She's a Fox News I, contributor. She's legally required to be blonde and skinny. Listen, I don't want to be rude, but I don't think any hot women are Satan. I, listen, I don't want to. I don't want to generalize, but that I will stand that, on. By that, that is your standard. That oh, I will I fight on that hill. She, the, this this writer continues. We have one quiver quiver in our arsenal that Satan cannot thwart. It is the power of prayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, not unless it's in a prayer language. That's why we. That's why we do it in tongues. Get past Satan, kind of juke past him, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's you know what you know what tongues are the original encryption to God. <laughs> that's solid. Do we really understand what prayer is? Do we believe that prayer can change our circumstances? Certainly not on shitty Christians. <laughs> <laughs> or is prayer a magic incantation, a summoning of the cos- cosmos to give us what we desire? It's actually so much more and so much less at the same time. So. This is Fox News. This is a this is a writer on Fox News. Yeah. This is incredibly metaphysical for a person who gets paid to lie. Um, what I love is that she is saying that prayer is more somehow than a magic incantation, but also less. Yeah, it's like a Harry Potter spell that misfires. <laughs> it's like, oh no, you transmogrified, but like not into a newt like you were planning on. Into people to judge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst mandrake. The coronavirus, she continues, is part of Satan's arsenal of evil. Then we should all be confident that God will prevail. And prayer is the power we have to tap into God's protection to make him our refuge. There is so much that we and medical minds looking for a vaccine still do not understand about this virus. <laughs> I love this. The two is like, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know how to pray. Yeah, I, I specifically love that she's like, yeah, so, like, we need science, but only kind of. Well, we don't understand, Michael. There's a lot we don't understand. There's there's a lot we don't understand. She also uh, brings up Lincoln calling for National Day of Prayer during the Civil War and saying oh, wow. Trump is like that. Okay. Yeah, if I can think of two presidents to compare, it's Trump. Well, Dinesh D'Souza said that Trump was the second coming of Lincoln. Did he really? There's a poster of half of Trump's face and then half of Lincoln's face sort of blurring together into one. That is incredible because, one, (laughs) Trump is portly. Lincoln is the opposite of that. Two, Trump has very obnoxiously blonde fake hair. Mm -hmm. Lincoln has the opposite of that. Uh, Lincoln was very tall. Trump is only kind of tall. Like, how do you push those things together? Like, what sort of... Google deep fake is this? The Republican Party. <laughs> God's own party. G-O-P. I'm very upset with you right now, but I'm also proud. Thank you. Thank okay, you. Okay, so like... Let's bring this home. Where are we at? Okay, so here, here's where I'm at. We've been on a journey of crazies. Schools are closed. Libraries are closed. Meetings over a certain mm-hmm. number of people are closed. Yep. No, legally speaking, orgies in Italy are closed. Discredited. Which is to say the entire government is shut down. <laughs> oh, uh, see also Vatican City. <laughs> uh, so where are we at? One, probably a majority of our listeners are in the younger age demographic mm-hmm. that are not directly at risk for this pandemic, but mm-hmm. could potentially be carriers to people that actually matter. Totally. So one... Take it a certain amount, like, take it seriously to a certain point. Like, uh, wash your hands, be aware, Mm -hmm. uh, don't go out unnecessarily, stop going to fucking bars. Like, this is going to be a thing that hurts a lot of people, potentially kills a lot of people. And we have a responsibility 
as uh, believers and as young people who are probably not at risk, but could potentially be a risk. As believers or socialists, they're the same thing. Yeah. To Je- take Jesus, it, Jesus counts you if you're a socialist too. Just, just boom, boom. FYI. It's a double down. Yeah. Uh, take it seriously. The second thing I would say is that we actually have a chance here. Mm-hmm. As millennials or Zoomers or Boomers, whoever we are. But or most at, of our listeners, kindergartners. <laughs> but we have a chance to care for people that are in need of care in a way mm. that like, we don't always have an opportunity to. So if you live in an apartment complex, if you live in community with people, if there are elderly people that could use your assistance, my encouragement to you is like, reach out. Step out. Be out of your comfort zone and say like, hey, I know that actually like going to a grocery store for you is kind of a bear right Mm -hmm. now. It's potentially dangerous right now. That's right. Like I am in less danger. Let me help you in that way. Because we have a very unique opportunity to demonstrate what the socialist value is all about and also what the Christian value is all about, which is caring for others. Whether that's elderly people in your apartment complex, whether it's people a few miles down the road in bumfuck idaho who might need a re-up on something that's right like reaching out to the people around you being in community with people not just on the internet which for the record is a beautiful place where we all found each other that's right i'm not here to disparage the internet never uh but the internet should encourage you to go out into the world around you and we have a chance here to really make a difference and really say something and that is important on its own it might also be important for a president who is advocating for that kind of change. But that's not the most important thing right now. The most important thing is that we care for our fellow man, whether that's taking a bullet and going out to a grocery store or just fucking having a phone call Yep. with somebody that might need a phone call. I mean, social isolation is not a joke. Somebody who's been living in it for like 15 years running, Zach can attest. Yeah, it's important. Uh, to reach out not just to your friends but to your community right. but also to your friends yeah your if friends, we have a, we have an opportunity here to really be a person who cares in a time where care is needed and that is demanded i think both by our political spectrum and also by our god uh so i think that has a lot of value in a way that might influence this election but also might influence our politics moving forward because if there's one thing you've heard from a billion people it's that millennials are selfish assholes and they're just socialists who want things for free we have an opportunity to say hey actually we don't want it for free we want to fucking work for it that's right we want to be in this together yeah not me us thank you for that wonderful synopsis of where we are as a coda we're all going to be spending a lot of time inside Watching a lot of media. There's a very good chance that we're going to be stuck with nothing but YouTube mm-hmm. and ramen noodles for the next month. Which is to say, My I am going to have to reckon with the fact that Sarah Palin was the goddamn bear on the goddamn mass Singer. And what she chose to sing twice <laughs> was Baby Got <laughs> Fucking Back. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the mass singer. I don't I'm, I'm not happy to admit that. Yeah. I'm not proud of it. You should be embarrassed, but also walk me through it. But so I was at home over Christmas and my parents have watched every episode. And so I got to watch the last couple episodes. Also of- Second Amendment advocates. <laughs> <laughs> the two are not unrelated. 
And so I got to watch the last few episodes of the second season, including the finale, where Daughtry was one of the last two. Ugh. And Wayne Brady was the winner of the season. Is that right? Wayne Brady won season two of The Masked Singer. Truly. And uh, they kind of, the judges kind of, a couple of them figured out it was him. Really? Yeah. Which invites more questions than we have time for oh, on this yes. podcast. Oh, yeah. And one of the, so The Masked Singer is a show wherein C-list or below celebrities come on and they're in a disguise, the titular mask. <laughs> and they sing karaoke songs. And for a panel of judges, including Robin Thicke, the date rape guy, oh, the patron saint of date rapists, um, a pussycat doll, Jenny McCarthy, anti-vaxxer, and for some reason, Ken Jong, who I think is just there for a paycheck. Yes, but also maybe also the date rape guy. <laughs> it's disappointing. They're there, they speculate wildly, and talk to these celebrities, and they try to figure out who the celebrity is, and then randomly some celebs get voted off throughout the course of the season, and the last one to not get voted off is the winner. It is Hooray. insane because they have these outfits like um, Pitbull in streetwear or Peacock in a fancy gown or just sort of a random Yeah, monster. I mean, to put it in perspective, Sarah Palin's name up to her unveiling yes. was Bear. Bear. And she is sort of a sparkly pink bear. Yeah. And so she, you know, and so before they perform, they give a series of clues about she picked Bear because she considers herself a mama bear. Ooh. And she talks about like a lot of people having different opinions of her while she is twerking in front of a minivan with backup dancers in her bear costume. And then she came on to perform Baby Got Back. She got voted off. I mean, perform is a strong word. Uh, she more of a grunt. Yeah, I think if there's one thing I have to say, it's that Sarah Palin is not a very good rapper. This is probably going to come as a shock to all of our listeners, but... It was underwhelming. However, no one else in that studio audience or Nick Cannon, host of The Masked Singer, did not think that. Slash hype man for this performance. That's right. So she performs. She gets voted off. She pulls off her mask. It's oh, a, so, okay, it's, it's, but it's actually really the head of a mascot. It's a furry costume. Right, it's a furry costume. Let's be honest. Somebody, some tumblers got really happy when Sarah Palin was in a bear furry costume last night. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And so she pulls it off, and they're excited. They're like, and then Sarah Palin says, "This is what our country needs right now." That's right. So then she proceeds with Nick Cannon being like, "Can I be your hype man?" to perform the same song she had just performed earlier in the episode. Baby got back for a second time. Robert Plant's last albums that mm -hmm. were basically like spoken word, yes, folk, angry whisper mm -hmm. pieces. Yes. That was basically Sarah Palin's take on Baby Got Back. Um, in that I loved it and have downloaded <laughs> it and remastered it. From Kaza. <laughs> I just, I cannot sleep without thinking about it. I, I've watched it, it so many times. It is the most 2020 thing that has ever existed. Sarah Palin, who was a bear, Yes. Rapping Baby Got Back, who then took off her mask and then wrapped it again. The second time. With her face. With Nick Cannon. Baby Got Back. With Nick Cannon and a billion fucking people in the audience right. just dancing along as if this is normal. That's this right. This is the most 1984 During a shit. national pandemic. Yeah. And so that's why you think if Trump or any of his goons will ever be brought to justice, you're incorrect. Because here's what I'm going to tell you. In 10 years, Don Jr. will be on the Gimp Mask Singer. <laughs> you say 10 years i say two and everyone's gonna be like this is what the country needs this is actually gonna be what the investigation into burisma looks like for hunter biden is him doing the like gimp mass singer listen there's no way 
Hunter Biden has not been in a gym mask before. <laughs> I would I would stake your life on that. Uh, that's that's how he impregnated this baby mama. Let's bring this home. Love your neighbor. Be safe. Care for each other. Don't be stupid. Yep. Don't hoard. No. That's the definition of stupid. Yep. If you want to hoard, email us. And we'll talk about it. Yeah. And if you have personal experiences with how crazy this has gone for you, send us an email at crappychristians.com. That's right. My name is Michael Tabor. I am at Michael Tabor on Twitter. My name is Zachary Allard. You can find me at Zachary underscore Allard. And you can follow the pod at at shitty underscore pod on Twitter or at shittychristians.com where mm-hmm. you can also shoot us a line. Thank you so much for listening to our backup episode. I'm genuinely glad we got a chance to rant about how ridiculous this has all been. And we'll see you next week. Global controls will have to be imposed and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Crises precipitate change. (laughs) Secretly plotting your demise. I want to devise a virus to bring dire straits to your environment. Crush your corporations with a mild touch. Trash the whole computer system and revert you to papyrus. I want to make a super virus strong enough to cause blackouts in every single metropolis. Because they don't want to unify us, so fuck it. Total anarchy and can nobody stop us. You see, late in the evening, fucked up on my computer and my mind starts roaming. I create like a heathen. The first cycles of this virus like a sin through a modem. Infiltration hits your station. No Microsoft or enhanced DOS will impede. Society thinks they're safe when bingo hard drive crashes from the rending. A lot of hackers tried viruses before. Vaporize your text like so much whiteout. I want it where file replication is a chore. Lights out, shut down, entire White House. I don't want just a bug that could be corrected. I'm erecting immaculate design. Break the nation down section by section. Even to the greatest minds, it's impossible to find. I want to devise a virus to bring dire straits to your environment. Crush your corporations with a mild touch. Trash your whole computer system and revert you to papyrus. I want to devise a virus to bring dire straits to your environment. Crush your corporations with a mild touch. Trash your whole computer Computer system and revert you to papyrus. We have already planned. The plan is programmed into every one of my thousand robots. We will not hesitate. We will destroy the Homo sapiens. Super virus. Better by far than an OY2K. This is 3030, the time of global unification. Break right through they terminals, burn them all, slaves to silicon. Corrupt politicians with leaders and their keywords. FBI and spies stealing bombs to precipitate their plans in their face and catch the fever. Everybody loot the stores, get your canned goods. Even space stations are having a hard time. Peace keep a seat to take our manhood, which results in the form of global.
apartheid. Ghettos are trash dumps with gas pumps, exploded and burnt out since before the Great Union. The last punks walk around like mass monks, ready to manipulate the database or break through them. Human rights come in a hundredth place. Mass production has always been number one. New Earth has become a repugnant place, so it's time to spread the fear that's fun to some. <laughs> We try to extend our glorious empire out to the stars. To bring dire straits to your environment Crush your corporations with a mild touch Trash the whole computer system and revert you to papyrus I want to devise a virus To bring dire straits to your environment Crush your corporations with a mild touch Trash the whole computer system and revert you to papyrus <laughs> 